Bases are loaded again. And again for Trey Richardson. The delivery. In the air to right. Going back on it is Borfin to the fence. He did it again. Trey Richardson making like Michael Jordan with the shrug. Hello, Frog fans. Welcome to Post Game Beers Podcast. We are the Lupton Drinking Club, and we are here to celebrate your regional winners. Nay, your super regional bound. Nay, your super regional hosting TCU Horn Frogs. I'm your host, Kyle Malloy at YellMK, joined by my co-host Jacob Sailors at JD Sailors on Twitter. Jacob. Before we get into the meat of the weekend, and we're going to talk a lot about y'all's trip to Fayetteville and all your stories, I want to hear um, what was your absolute favorite moment of your time uh, in Arkansas? Non-baseball related? Whatever you want, buddy. Well, I mean, obviously you got to pick winning the regional, right? By the way, you got a little hitch in your giddy up tonight, MK. What's with all the extra energy? I'm pretty excited. <laughs> I'm pretty excited. <laughs> I thought he was um, okay. neighing for Garrett. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's uh that's my job, MK. That was that was the old time nay, like all right, no, all right. no, yeah, yeah, yeah. On. So so we'll talk about you know a lot of the trip in detail, but let me tell you this. So aside from baseball, I would say that that first game against Arkansas TC played when the stadium was full and they're about to take the field, and all these Arkansas flags are waving in the stands. And everybody's wearing red with some white, you know. And, dude, it looked like like an English soccer match with all these flags flying. I would say, like, that's kind of the image that stands out in my mind. From you the almost weekend. expected flares to be popped off and be going dude. in the crowd. Yeah, we'll get into it, man. But it was electric. Pretty awesome. We've got our producer, Crazy Ray Cartwright, here tonight. We've got the Sultan of Stat, Martin Guerrero. And, of course, Garrett Evans, uh, fresh off. A new baby swimming, uh, new baby swimming class, which is weird because you know I was convinced Garrett that you are not a baby. Uh, but fellas, how are we doing tonight? <laughs> we are recovering. We're doing good, man. I'm doing. Couple the opposite. of us are recovering. I'm fired up. Yeah, I'm the opposite of Garrett. <laughs> I'm struggling. <laughs> What's wrong, right? We got some uh, good, good vibes going. Hey, I left it all out in Fayetteville. I left it all yeah. there at Bomb. Yeah, my voice is coming back today. You know, I had an extra. You guys came back last night. I came back Sunday night. But man, my voice is pretty shot too. All right, so we have two broken voices. Martin, um, how are you feeling, my friend? Fine. Excellent. There he is. Yeah. He's back. Well, that's Mar- good. You're not going to use it. <laughs> <laughs> He's. You sound great. Uh, all right. So let, before we jump into baseball talk, we've got a lot of it. Uh, let's address the elephant in the room, guys. All right. Um, yeah, you make it sound bad. Elephants are, (laughs) you make it sound horrible. It's it's a joke. Let's address address the puppy in the room. It's a joke. (laughs) If you're listening, you're here because we are, um, primarily a philanthropically driven group of gentlemen, uh, always giving back. Always on, it's always on the forefront of our minds, and you want to hear about all of our good works outside of uh, oh the my podcast. God, stop we're kidding. It. All right, so let's let's tell the story. Yesterday, at about six p.m., it was announced that TCU would be hosting a super regional. Uh, that was fairly shocking to, I, I would say, the majority of TCU fans. Everyone's uh, asking, everybody, including the players. And- how does that happen? 
uh, it was quickly met. You know, we were obviously thrilled, right? We're going ballistic, which how does this happen? Trying to figure out why. There was a small, I'd say 1% piece of us that was a little saddened, you know, like, hey, Indiana State deserves it, but whatever. It's our deal. We didn't do anything to, you know, to, to cause this. This was not TCU's fault. It wasn't the NCAA. Uh, we can talk about the hosting situation in a little bit. Um, all that, Let's bring it back. Uh, we're not going to take any credit in coming up with the idea for this. However, there was a sense among multiple Frog fans around that time, around 6 p.m., sending us kind of information about, hey, how, what, what can we do? How can we do anything for the Indiana community? And that idea was basically giving back to the Special Olympics. The reason that the Super Regional was canceled, as most everyone knows, or not canceled, excuse me, moved to Fort Worth, they couldn't host it uh, there, was because the Special Olympics, the 51st annual was going on. They just they couldn't do both. They don't have enough people. It wasn't a large city. There wasn't enough hotel rooms. To host a Super Regional, you have to give $35,000 minimum back to the NCAA. It's like the standard. They just couldn't, they couldn't do it. So the obvious choice for us, right, is to give back uh, to the Special Olympics of Indiana. Before we even sent out that initial tweet, there were already donations going in. People in, uh, you know, specifically, I want to shout out the Pop-Tart queen, Sarah. She's just, been, <laughs> she's, she is one of the best um, TCU fans out there, right? She had already sent in a donation before we send anything out. We, I'm sorry, MK. There's something really funny about you shouting out the pop tart queen. Yeah. <laughs> She's awesome. Right. I know. No, so, for, sure. for sure. So it was already, it was already out there as an idea. And we decided to, to send out a tweet that says, Hey, join us. You know, we, we want to donate, um, who's with us. Um, our platform isn't enormous. You know, we have just over 3000 followers, but uh, we taught we 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 took the idea and let's said let's run with it. Uh, today we find out just up till a few hours ago that over twenty five thousand dollars has been donated. Um, I don't even know where to turn on this, guys, except to say thank you to those of you who have donated. This is not about uh, the LDC. This is not about any individual here or. Um, but it's about the TCU community and honestly, people from other schools going, hey, that is. That's awesome. That's badass. I, you know, go frogs. I'm a UT fan or I'm a South Carolina fan or I'm a Virginia fan or whatever. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and, and donating in addition, uh, to, to that. So, uh, if you want to donate, you haven't yet, and you're just not finding out about it. Shocking breaking news, but the link is, is on our pinned tweet at Lupton beers, Twitter account. Uh, we'd love for you to join in. And it was so cool to see all of the people, the national baseball writers, whether it was D1, whether it was ESPN folks, whether it was the NCAA uh, baseball account, sending out uh, kind of information about, you know, what this, you know, link was doing, which was basically giving back to the Special Olympics. And that's what it's all about. It has nothing to do with us or, you know, kind of a tweet that we sent. We, we barely lifted a finger, uh, but yeah. we're just so grateful for the, for the community. Yeah, I mean, kudos to the college baseball community. Really, as well, you know, as well as TCU, as you said, all those accounts that retweeted. Um, this means a lot to me personally, as uh, I have a cousin that has Down syndrome, and she is the most loving, incredible human being in the world. And these athletes that go and compete in these uh, Olympic sports, they just they deserve everything. They deserve all the love, all the support. And it's just really been amazing to see 
just the community wrap their arms around this and really uh, push it to the forefront. Yeah, um, totally agree, man. I've I've had my eyes opened a lot to, you know, uh, Special Olympics and the impact that it has on those families and those kids. Because, um, you know, let, let's be honest, a lot of people in their first reaction is, well, can't Indiana State just move the Special Olympics? And you don't realize the magnitude of the event. And once you once you kind of understand uh, just how big this is and how much planning goes into it, it, it becomes pretty obvious that, no, you move the baseball, <laughs> you know, like two, two baseball, two or three baseball games it does not outweigh, you know, this enormous event that, you know, Indiana state hosts every year. So yeah, it's, um, it's been really amazing. And, you know, I just echo what you guys said about, you know, shout out to everybody that donated. It's, it's really super cool. It's super neat, man. And it's cool to see kind of the people it touches right on a personal level. I know some of the folks who are kind of posting their their donation, right? Uh, I know a couple of folks as well as that went ahead and posted kind of their own personal testimony and their own personal interactions with um, Special Olympics through their their children um, being, being one of those athletes and that kind of thing. And seeing those pictures and, and what that means to those, to those folks, it, uh, it warms your heart, man. And it just makes you proud of the uh, baseball community at large. Yeah, no doubt. And I saw one of the tweets mention, um, I can't remember who it was, but they they threw in that if you get a chance to volunteer at a Special Olympics event, you know, it's it's life changing. And man, I, I'm like, let's do it. You know, I'm sign me up. Let's go. Seconded 100 percent. One of the responses oh. we got was, I, want, I don't know if he was the director, but he was very involved in the operations of the Special Events um, Olympics there but he was also a huge Indiana state baseball fan. And so he was obviously conflicted, right? Cause he's like, um, would have loved to see both, uh, but couldn't do it. And, you know, long story short, just appreciate, appreciate the support. Um, so we have been flying high, I think over the last 24 hours. Um, I, I think to, to be you know totally honest, it was hard for me to get a lot of work done today because I just, oh, I, you know, I can't imagine uh, seeing, you know, having your mentions like this constantly, which is just flooding and with with positive stuff. And it really, it felt good to to watch the TC community and people around the nation work. Uh, that no was doubt, awesome. man. No doubt. Yeah. Um, All right. Yeah. So you want to get into to the situation around hosting, or just briefly? Yes. So we have um, a strange situation, to be honest, where you have a smaller school. Their uh, stadium capacity was about twenty five hundred, which. Um, from what I understand, I don't know all the details, but according to the NCAA, that's typically not sufficient to host a super regional. They want large, rowdy atmospheres. 2,500 is about half the capacity of Lupton when it's, you know, uh, when it's full. Um, but even well, when we, you're talking, you know, we pushed 7,000 for A&M with all the GA, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. You're right. I, I, I guess I forgot about kind of GA just filling up, but when I'm thinking a normal, you mm. know, a night, but then you, you compare that to even a, you know, SEC team, which is 10, 15,000 people, right. quite a bit different. Additionally, I mentioned this earlier, there's a required kind of donation per se to say, Hey, based on us hosting a super regional, we will give you back this money or give, give back a portion of our earnings to the NCAA from what, from what I understand, it's a minimum of $35,000. When you get into a bidding war that can go up to who knows how much I, you know, who knows what that process. Actually well, looks so, like. you know, 
I, I listened to 11.7 MK after, you know, you mentioned what they were talking about. You only submit one bid. You sim- submit an initial bid. It's not like an auction, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. It's one bid. However, if you can't, if you're unwilling to say, you know, that makes financial sense for us, um, then then maybe they didn't even submit, you know, they didn't obviously didn't even submit a bid. In hey, addition- MK. Um, so the, uh, Indiana state athletic director addressed this today mm-hmm. and he had a press conference he came out and said, initially, like your hosting bid had was due by May 22nd. Mm-hmm. And originally they had submitted to host regionals and supers. They could have hosted supers. Um, but then whenever they got into the logistics of everything a couple of days later and then realizing that they, with the Special Olympics going on, weren't going to have the staff to yeah. get through it. Or the accommodations. Or the accommodations. Right. Uh, they withdrew the super regional bid on May 27th. And then on top of that, they were... I'm sorry. Did you have any more on that? No. I just okay. Wanted... Because, because then, you know, Indiana state to avoid the situation they're in now was praying Arkansas would just win the Fayetteville regional mm-hmm. so that Indiana state would just go on the road anyway. And then none of this would have ever came out. What are your thoughts on the most commonly, <laughs> uh, the most common response I saw was, uh, you know, a neutral site or how about, you know, Hey, Kentucky did it and they put people in the dorms or, you know, what there was maybe other options besides actually coming to your opponent's uh, field. Well, they yeah, actually, I mean, they, put- they house, they house a lot of the athletes for the special Olympics in dorms. Uh, yeah. While and then you're not competing. even getting into fans and parents and all that. Where are they going to stay? Because in Lexington, they stayed on the outskirts of town. It's kind of far, but Lexington is what? Like, four or five times bigger than Terre Haute. Yeah. So there's no, there are no outskirts. That is the outskirt. (laughs) There was never a discussion for a neutral site that can't, that can't be done. And those people, those people just want to say TCU shouldn't get an advantage. Well, the NCAA doesn't care about that as much as they do keeping it on campus, having a good atmosphere. Cause you move it to like, they were talking about like what, like, Cleveland Indians stadium or some, I don't know, some crazy suggestions or whatever. Like NCAA is not going to go for that. It would be empty. Mm-hmm. It'd be just a cavernous empty stadium for a super regional. And they're not going to want that on TV. And the, guys, this, this situation has come up before in 2017, Missouri state couldn't host because of conflict. Cause they play their games at a minor league stadium and there was a conflict with the team, so they couldn't submit a bid to be a host. Is that why TCU hosted that year? I can't remember that. Um, well, I think TCU was a higher seed anyway, but they couldn't host their regional. Okay. I think if I'm, I think they were, I think they, yeah, yeah, that's right. They had to go play in Fayetteville, and they won the Fayetteville regional, ironically enough. And then they came to Fort Worth, but they their team was good enough to be a top sixteen team, but they never submitted a bid because they didn't have the accommodations for it. So this is not unprecedented. It's happened before. Yeah, it happens a lot to um, Missouri State because they share their stadium with the Springfield Cardinals, and yeah, that's the one. There's some there's some overlap with the schedules, and then it happens uh, like on the West Coast. Uh, UC Santa Barbara is not able to host some years because uh, they didn't have the lights um, to play night games. 
Yep. Yeah, so it's not like this is the first time it's ever happened. I mean, anyway. in an ideal world, every every stadium is willing to host a super regional, but doesn't things like this make the college baseball unique? You know, where it no is doubt. just it is off the wall, like it, it's unpredictable. Um, and it shows and, the resource gap between you know your big schools, and you, you can include TCU in that because they've invested so much money in their facilities, even if it's there not a go. massive stadium like you know what you'd see in the SEC, but there is like you you have your top of the top of the class facilities, and then that's only a small percentage of college baseball around the country. You know, I maybe sometimes we feel we can get spoiled with what we have here, but most schools don't have very good facilities, and they're just not equipped for something like this. Coral Roberts uh, probably shouldn't have been a four seed. You know, they're really good. Do they have enough uh, facilities if they were? Good enough to host a super? Well, they're big. They're playing crappy teams all year and their RPI sucks. Right. But if they hosted right. a super regional, do they have enough facilities to do that? Yeah, that's a Martin question. <laughs> I guess they could. It's not out of the question. Because it's it's Tulsa, right? Yeah, it's in Tulsa. So, so hotels yeah. and all that, restaurants yeah. and stuff wouldn't be a problem. Yeah, that wouldn't be a problem, but it's uh it's a small campus. Um I don't know what they do about parking because it's like in the middle of campus and yeah, they don't it's a small it's a tiny private school. Yeah. I mean the parking thing, that'd be the same if DBU hosted, right? Their parking's yeah. not that yeah. great. Oh either. my god, yeah, it's horrible there. But DBU could host hypothetically, right? I mean they have they yes. have before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they have yeah, they lost to VCU, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I think that pretty much covers the hosting situation, right? And you know, uh, you know, back to DBU real quick. That's probably part of the reason why uh, Virginia got chosen over DBU. And what was it, 2021, when DBU uh, went to the Supers? Yeah. Because they were both three seeds. Yeah. And in that case, it goes <laughs> by who has the better, you know, proposal. I have a question for you guys. Have you tried to explain the regional uh, or the post, like college baseball postseason to somebody who doesn't follow it in the last couple of weeks? They did this on the ticket. Oh my gosh, today. yeah. I know you don't listen to the ticket, but I don't listen to the ticket. I was going to go there too. <laughs> yeah, I, so they- <laughs> so just just real quick before you get yeah. into that, I have this conversation with my wife every year. My wife. <laughs> So what? What what did the the ticket say? (laughs) Tiffany's reminding me that I had to explain it to her too. (laughs) My producer was in my ear just now. (laughs) My wife is very smart, by the way. She just doesn't care. So it's 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 more like I'm going to forget this in 365 (laughs) days. It can be confusing. I mean, I I grew up loving the College World Series, but I never understood what happened before that. It wasn't on TV back in the day. So when I was first learning it, I was like, okay, weird. Okay. Okay, I think I get it now. But back to the ticket. So they do a segment every day called the helpline where they'll be confused about something. And they'll like the day before they'll say, yeah, uh, call in and explain this to us. So today they tweeted out, um, I think it was actually in relation to our tweet about the Special Olympics and that going around. They tweeted out, uh, we still don't understand how the College World Series works. Call this number and somebody explain it to us. Now, Ray, did you hear it? I didn't hear it. I did hear the segment and the way they 
tried to explain it is so they're all soccer fans and they say it's similar to the World Cup and that regionals would be like group play. Okay. And then, you know, it's double elimination and group play, except you don't play everyone. You just can't lose twice. And then you move into the knockout round and then, you know, slowly advance from there. So it all makes sense in your head until you try and verbalize it and explain it to someone else. And then once you're explaining it out loud using words, you're like, wow, this is a little bit uh, convoluted once I'm start verbalizing it. Let let me try to give you my 30 second explanation. Okay. You have 16 double elimination tournaments. That leaves you with 16 teams. The winner of each double elimination tournament, right? Everybody understands what a double elimination tournament is. Okay. So now you're down to 16. Now, you have eight three-game series. That leaves you with eight teams. Now, you go back to double elimination. You have two four-team double elimination tournaments, and then you, you're left with two teams, and then you have a best of three. There. College baseball explained in 30 Boom. seconds. Boom. Done. Thanks, Jacob. Yeah. It, now that you guys understand, we can start talking about college yeah. baseball, right? <laughs> Do we want to talk about the games on the weekend or do we just want to, you know, uh, mess around? Uh, let's. I like having fun. Do we we want to talk about Fayetteville? I I think we can talk about Fayetteville mixed in with baseball talk. You want to try to attempt that? Is that too risky for us? (laughs) That's risky. It's risky. I like it. Game one goes. Game one, Arizona, the Wildcats, uh, match up with the Horn Frogs. So, full disclosure, um, I missed the entire game celebrating my 16th anniversary. Shout out to uh, MK. Uh, I missed all of it, but Arizona scores two in the first. The frogs counter that with four with a three run shot by Braden Taylor. Okay. My dog is going crazy. Cause he also is a Braden Taylor fan. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I like Braden Taylor. I just wonder if y'all getting uh in that I think MK inning, died. Getting the, uh... Is MK uh, frozen? Yeah. Okay, this is yes, my sure. show now. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> so we, uh, me, Ray, Martin got into town that afternoon before the game, and we found a cool place called JJ Sports Bar. Yep. And uh, that was really fun because a lot of the the parents of the players on the team met us up there and. We had a nice little pregame. Okay, and also Arkansas was still playing Santa Clara at the time. So <laughs> Ray and I led the call of the Hogs after the final out. We were like, we know they're going to do this. Let's just <laughs> let's just get ahead of this. So everybody jumped in with us. So that was fun. But yeah, back to the game, guys. Um, so TCU goes on to win. You know, we know we know they won. Let me pull up the box score. Sorry, I wasn't prepared for MK to go away. It, TCU wins twelve to four. Uh, Cole Klecker was pretty good in this. The offense stayed on fire. Um, guys, your reactions to this game? So when uh, me and Ray, he was uh, going off because some Kiko guy hit a two-run home run in the first inning, right? Yeah. You know, Kiko all week. Good. Yeah. You know, all week Ray was like, "Oh man, Arizona, Dude, they can match." What is with they What is with Ray match. worrying about these lesser <laughs> opponents? Like Ray, Ray is scared to lose to Kansas or Arizona. or but he's over here. Dude, like, I think I, can, I can't be. I can't be the only one who, after that, got a handful of the nervous frog knee jerk texts. All right, just all right. People. Oh, oh man. Oh, he, here we go. He, okay. It's happening. 
Hold on to your butts. Hold on. We knew Arizona was going to score, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Two runs. Exactly. Yeah. So he's he's nudging me. He's like, oh, man, that was a blast. That was about. And it was. I just, I just, I think it cleared the scoreboard. It was okay. It was three twenty to right field, um, <laughs> but he, uh, you know, you know, he's nudging me, and I'm just like, I just shrugged my shoulders, like, okay, cool, dude. We're gonna have to score two more than two runs. You knew we we're gonna have to score more than two runs. So Arizona is a weird team, man, <laughs> because like we knew they didn't have any pitching, and that showed, but they just have a weird mix of guys who are either extremely talented or just don't seem to belong on the baseball team. Did you guys get that feeling too? No. I mean like seven of their nine guys hit over 300 on the, I year. don't care about that. Okay. No, well, dude, they look in that game? Like their catcher who hasn't thrown out uh, an attempted base runner all year. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they weren't, was... they weren't making plays in the field. They look. They had guys that they either had guys who were hitting 500 foot bombs or couldn't make any contact at all. Yeah, apparently there was like some really old guys on the team. Oh yeah, we we were being told about that person. I can't remember who yeah. that was. So we don't have to name names. <laughs> no, I just don't remember. So the bottom of their lineup went one for eleven with seven strike, uh, five strikeouts. I mean, a lot of the damage was done by Chase Davis and Kiko Romero with a yeah. couple other hits mixed in. So I, I thought stars. I thought we'd win this game about 10-6. Yeah, it, sound, it sounded right. And it looked almost right there until the very end, right? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. until Curtis Byrne ruined it for me with a home run. And holy crap, man. I think at some point in this pod, we got to talk about Curtis Byrne. We will. Maybe after the third game, but. Geez, dude, I was going back and watching the highlights today, and it seemed like every other highlight was a something Curtis Byrne is doing. So late, late in that Arizona game, it did feel like they were kind of tapping out and yeah, just trying to get ready for Santa Clara, which they weren't even ready for them. Oh, that was kind of surprising to me that they lost to them. But um, so Luke Savage came in, he pitched four innings. I guess we should put a bow on Cole Klecker because he was pretty good in this one. He Cole Klecker went four innings, four hits, three runs, which against Arizona, I think that's pretty good. You know, uh, the big thing with Cole is um, he limited damage, right? Exactly. He didn't walk. It wasn't like he was walking a bunch of guys and then boom, there's a disastrous, huge home run. Uh, which is what did- Arizona did the whole game. For sure. They got guys yeah. on, and then they had disaster. And I think Kirk's message to his pitching staff all weekend was, you're going to give up home runs. Right. It's going to happen. Now, it's what you do in front of those that really matters. I and, think that was the Oklahoma State mm-hmm. message too, right? Yeah, just don't let them have free stuff. Don't, don't give them stuff. Make them earn it. Exactly. Um, but I wanted to talk about Luke Savage because boy, he was really good. Four innings pitch, three hits, only one run, uh, one walk, three strikeouts. But just being there and watching Luke Savage is such a pleasure because he just looks so cool, so calm and in control, like nothing bothers him. Um, I was coming back from the concession line and I found myself on the concourse 
and Luke's up there just kind of doing his thing, you know, he'll, he'll run his hands through his hair and then step on the mound and strike somebody out, just looking all cool, you know? <laughs> and then I'm talking to this guy next to me. He was a TCU fan. And I was like, man, Luke Savage is so fun to watch, you know, like saying the same things I am now. And the guy was like, yeah, yeah, he, I mean, he's cool. I'm super nervous. I'm like, what you nervous for? He's like, that's my son. <laughs> it was David Savage. That I was talking to the whole time. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> I was like, well, nice to meet you. <laughs> but he was like, yeah, I don't know how he's so cool because I'm a nervous wreck every time he pitches. <laughs> Small world, man. It's just a small world. Yeah, it's seems like sometimes. Yeah, it's it really legality. funny talking to the parents and teasing them about, oh, Cohen Feaster is going to pitch in the championship mm-hmm. game. <laughs> and mom's like, shut up, Jacob. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a pretty fun weekend with everybody there. But yeah, guys, any other, anything else on uh, Arizona before we move on? To more Luke's, important things, Luke Savage made one of the cooler plays you'll see when he exactly. dove into first base yeah, to tag was, the bag to was, get a guy out. Wildly cool that play. Really set the set the tone for the for the whole regional. Yeah, it really did. No doubt. Yeah, it kind of set in set in some give up, some more give up for Arizona too. How about oh, Braden? no doubt, no doubt. You know, how about there were Braden? so many plays where that. Arizona was involved in that I thought man they're going to give up now like the second baseman trying to range over and then he like gets to the ball and slips and it's an infield hit mm. Braden Braden Taylor dropping the bunt and then ending up on third which by the way you guys I was I don't know Garrett if you saw my tweet after that bunt but I I was telling those guys um Martin and Ray Braden Taylor's bored with college baseball and I tweeted this out. Like, <laughs> he goes up there in his first at bat and just skies a home run. And he goes up in his second at bat and they're pitching around him. And you could tell he was getting kind of annoyed because he swings at ball four and ropes an RBI single, two RBI single. And he goes up in his third at bat and he's like, Well, we're going to win this game. What else can I do? How about I drop down a bunt just for fun? <laughs> and then he ends up on third base after it's all said and done. Dude, Braden freaking Taylor. It's so easy for him. So the first two innings, he has six RBIs. Yeah. Yeah. And that ties a career high, dude, which he set five days ago. Which is that which game is, is essentially just his high his highlight tape. Just 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 go ahead and send that game in. We and uh, he's 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 just incredible, man. This has been such a pleasure watching him get hot right now at the right time into the year yeah dude he's having fun he's dancing in the dugout i mean it's great to watch him uh every starter because uh, luke boyer's pinch hit late in the game but every starter had a hit and watching the highlights today cole fontenelle was so good all weekend without doing anything extraordinary i just wanted to make sure he got mentioned and not lost in everybody else who you know had you know like we're gonna get into trey richardson and, you know, we're talking about Braden, but Cole Fontenelle was just involved all weekend long. And I, you could probably say the same about most guys, but I just want to make sure he got some love. All right, MK, welcome back. Um, God, computer, it's computer been a disaster. Sucked. Hey, real quick. Uh, yes, you were sir. talking about the bunt. He yeah. got to uh, third base on that. Mm-hmm. What was the video of the uh, 
Tell me about the video of the oh, opposing yeah. coach man, who's on the man, podcast. If, if, if I didn't hate Arizona so much from basketball, I'd feel bad for them because, okay, this team probably shouldn't have gotten the tournament, and they played like a team that probably they shouldn't should, have gotten no, the tournament. They absolutely should not have gotten in the tournament. That yeah. was clear after, the, after this weekend. Now, if it means K-State gets left out, okay, Arizona, welcome to the tournament. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So I sent you guys the highlight today. So they're doing the coach interview with Braden Taylor up, and it was the Arizona coach. Braden drops down the bunt, and he's kind of answering some dumb question that the broadcast team asked, which that's unfair to say. The broadcast team was actually really good, so I don't want to say that. Um, but anyway, so the throw gets wide at first, and then the coach sees the play develop. The second baseman's backing up the throw, and he's like, oh, yeah, see, this is how we do it. throw it away this is how we do in arizona he was like oh lord (laughs) (laughs) and brady ends up on third and he was like man we just keep hitting balls right at them and then all the bounces are going their way no coach that's called we're way better than (laughs) (laughs) y'all that game also gave me what i bouncing our way State's probably my my new favorite frog ball gift now is the Braden the Braden Taylor dancing in the dugout video. Oh, that was good. That's yeah. perfect. Um okay, so before we go into the second game, which is gonna be the you know, Trey Day, Trey hit one like off the very top of the wall in the Arizona game. So he almost had another home run to his total for the weekend. Many it was people a, forget. Many it was people a warning forget. shot. Yeah, it was a warning. It was a sign of things to come. But you know what? Um, Trey's hit a lot of balls that have died at the warning track or have hit the wall for doubles. And it's like, man, he just can't get one over the fence. But MK, let's go to game two and see if Trey got any over the fence. Game two against Arkansas. It's the winner's bracket. Uh, the Frogs win a barn burner 17 to five. I'm sorry, no. 20 to five. I wrote this yeah, in the middle going. of the game. You had a I, deadline. Like, I was writing this in the middle of the game, and I'm like, I, I didn't change the score. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious! First um, off, on a Sunday, not a Saturday. Oh yeah, I didn't, yeah, I didn't, yeah, I didn't yeah. say that, did I? Okay. No, no we, Ray's just making the point that we got postponed on Saturday <laughs> due to no rain, <laughs> which, which kind of had us freaked out, man, because we got we're we're staring at Hagen Smith, and basically it's like the championship game because no team's coming back. Trying to play yeah. four games in two days. Right. Yeah, Hagen you lose Smith. that game, you got to go win three games in 30 hours. Hagen Smith, their ace, which we will talk about again, uh, but he comes in to start for game two, and we're kind of expecting him to be his normal self, which is, I think, before the game, he had under a three ERA, uh, top three pitcher in the SEC. Um, they smack him around for six runs in the first inning, include a Trey Richardson grand slam. In the second, Hagen Smith gets pulled, which is a shock to shock. just about all of us. And okay, uh, before for... we go on to that second inning, can we just? Uh, oh, we're going to relive... go into detail. He's okay, just I want to relive the first inning. Oh yeah, yeah, we'll go into it. Um, Hagen Smith gets pulled for Zach Morris. Frogs smack him around for five more, including another. Yes, you guessed it, Trey Richardson grand slam. Uh, I mean, the frogs just dominated the entire game. Trey had three home runs, 10 RBIs, uh, broke a 11. bunch of records. Right. What's that? 
Yeah, I think you're still using out. He got another one late in the game, I think, right? I thought he I thought he hit his 10th RBI, which was the end, but did he have he 11 had a, in total? He had 11. Yeah, okay. 11. Yeah, he had another RBI single yeah. late. And we saw Sam, you know, with an extended leash, just go a full six innings, which was a very comfortable for him. He gave up, obviously, four runs. But for him, I mean, that that's fine. You know, we, we weren't, you know, when you're up by 14 or 13 or whatever in the seventh inning, who cares? Right. Um, I mean, the key for Sam there is he had zero walks because he was pitching with such a big lead. So, so who cares if he gives up some solo home runs? Weird game overall. Two lightning delays. You guys are going to talk about that in a second. But... I mean, this was uh, as dominant a performance as we could have even imagined uh, for the Frogs. I mean, Mason Speaker pitched two innings. That's That says a lot right there, right? <laughs> and he was and, great. No, okay. And yeah, he was great. He had five strikeouts in two innings. Put some love on Mason Speaker's name. For real. All right, Ray, go back to the first inning. What were you going to say? First inning, you know, we don't know. You know, we're all kind of got – we're pretty nervous, right? Like, how is this game going to go? Yes. Frogs are starting off. Uh, Eli grounds out. You're like, okay, maybe Hagen's locked in. Carson draws a walk. Cole gets on. Vite gets oh, on. Carson didn't just draw a walk. Carson was down 0-2 in the count to one of the best pitchers in the country and drew a walk. Drew a man walk. Yes. Big, that was a big boy walk. Um, And then Trey Richardson comes up. <laughs> no, not yet. No, I'm mean, saying so with the bases loaded, you know. Okay, uh, yeah. After Cole and Bte get on, I think Cole had um, Cole had two strikes on him too, and got beamed in the foot. That's right, he did. It was over. It was over. That's correct. I hit in the foot. And then Trey. Why do you, so? So I'm sorry to interrupt, Ray. What, Martin? Why do you say that? Why did you say it was over when Cole got beamed in the foot? What does that mean? He had no command. Okay. All right. Because he had him down 0-2. That, second hitter in a row. Yeah. Down 0-2. And then what proceeded to happen. There you go. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Trey comes up and hits a home run. Hits a grand slam that I don't know to y'all. It did not look like a grand slam off the bat, but that thing carried, carried, carried. Yep. On out like you, you, it kind of reminded me of a home run that would be hit in Stillwater. Yep. Um, yeah. And no, Ray, that's a good point because off the bat, I'm like, okay, sacrifice fly. Ooh, wait, <laughs> maybe a double. Like, no way, no. Oh my god, it went out. And that was, my, that was kind of my progression. <laughs> the section that we were in of uh, TCU, the TCU section, just went absolutely insane. I oh think yeah, I, Martin I tried to jump into up my on arms. top of the back of the chair in front of me. I was like, I hope this doesn't break, but I got to climb something right now. <laughs> it was unlike. <laughs> it's one of the best feelings you can ever have. I mean, that's why you love sports for moments well, about, like that. Yeah, exactly. Think about how unexpected it is. You're facing Arkansas in Bomb Walker against Hagen Smith, and the guy who has two home runs all season. Hits a grand slam in that situation. I mean, what are what's the Vegas odds on that happening? I could have won some good money. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I wouldn't have bet on it. But I wouldn't have bet on it. <laughs> yeah, but all season, you know, you know, how many times have we been in that situation and not been able to cash in anything? And then to get the full return on your investment 
with a grand slam. Yeah. Yeah. How many times well, have we talked about bases loaded, you know, no outs, one outs, and they get nothing or one, yeah. which yeah. we'll talk about that on for the next and, and, game. But, and we yeah. talk about like the influence of TJ Bruce, but I think the biggest thing he's done is started corking the bats, right? <laughs> if you ask right, if you ask Wright's yeah. barbecue, they're in there banging on trash cans. Yeah. <laughs> Trey knew the right. home run pitch was coming. Brought over them steroids from Nevada. Yeah. But I mean, it was super cool. I mean, just it's why you love sports. So then, you know, I, a lot's happened. Is, I mean, Braden Taylor was good, but Trey Trey comes up again with the bases loaded. And once we realize, like, how do, I mean, I, I, so as a baseball player, and you know, again, I didn't play like even college baseball, but to have that mindset of I'm going to go up with the same approach, and I'm going to swing the bat the same way because when you I, when I what I remember hitting, you know, if I hit really well or really poorly, that was on my mind the next time I went went at bat, and I feel like it changed what I did, but he went up there, the same approach, the same pitch hit it opposite field again, almost the exact same place that yeah. was incredible. That's why it, you're not a is, D one athlete. MK. It was really oh, weird how they were Appreciate pitching it. him. So the first time runs off Hagen Smith, he comes oh, up again. I'm 40. <laughs> <laughs> well, MK, I'll say this though, about Trey coming up again, he was going up against Zach Morris and that's the guy that they clobbered in Arlington. And they clobbered him on that day. They clobbered him again on Monday. Good point. They they own Zach Morris. So, you know, when you're talking about your mentality and your approach, what really helps is having a guy that's going to serve you a meatball. And that's what Trey got. And that, but, you know, we saw him approaching the plate, and it's like, oh, my God, Trey's up with the bases loaded again. He's not going to do it again, is he? What if? No. no. Trey Trey's a merciful guy, right? <laughs> like... <laughs> Just just show double. him some mercy. Yeah, just a double. <laughs> show a little. No, there will be no mercy. <laughs> Two grand slams, dude. Didn't does the Jordan shrug as he's going round and round first? Yeah, I don't know who was on the call for ESPN, but what an amazing call that was. With the the ex coach from Arkansas, you know, as their as their player, as their. <laughs> I did not know like, that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Yeah, and he's either. just like, "Oh wow, this is incredible." <laughs> it's probably like, uh, "No, yeah, yeah." When he's like, what, "There's a lot of stunned people in this stadium." I, I'm stunned. Yeah, exactly. But, okay, I was stunned. Okay, so when you guys are looking down, you know, at the at the guys in the um, in the dugout, was there a different reaction to the second one versus the first, or was it pretty? Now they just... we're supposed to know we're like dogpiling each other. <laughs> yeah, I was going so insane. <laughs> Now, the second one, I was able to get a video. The first one was so unexpected and so insane. I didn't have time to get a video of it. But the second one was, oh, yeah, this is what Trey does. So I was able to get a video. But it was just this mayhem. Is, this it is the Trey mayhem. Richardson I know. Yeah, I think in the very beginning of the video, as soon as I hit record, like Ray like slapped, slapped my back and the camera goes all wobbly. <laughs> okay, Martin, I got I to gotta pull you in for a second. Every time ESPN <laughs> span to you guys in the stands, <laughs> Jacob and Ray are going crazy. And yeah. you just you are sitting down looking straight into the camera, like straight ahead, <laughs> just going, Yep, expected this shit. That's <laughs> like Martin's like a coach. Right. Yeah. He's already thinking about the Zero next emotion. Yeah. yeah, I'm thinking about the next grand slam. <laughs> I'm over here and humping the air. 
Oh, just my, gyrating oh my everywhere. I'm, call, <laughs> I'm calling the frogs. I'm going ribbit. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm just um, losing my mind. At, at one point, we're doing the chicken dance. I mean, it, it was everything goes in that game. Dude, that second, that second home run, it was party on. It was party on, and well, for our section because out of my peripheral, I was catching glimpses of the section next to us. It was all red, mm-hmm. and they were as stoic as can be. They just either were staring at the field, emotionless, or kind of staring at us, thinking. Man, that looks like fun. I wish we were having fun, but we're not. I remember, Jacob. Yeah, there were some people out there having fun. And there were some people out there not having. Fun. There was about 11,200 people not having very much fun. <laughs> so, uh, we do have a Twitter question about that. Uh, Derek O'Henrio or at King Henry Stands asks, How are your actions with Arkansas fans? And he said they were very welcoming to me and and nice to me. So I guess he was there too. So, I mean, they were incredible. I've been tweeting about it a lot, but dude, either. Okay. So the ones I think that would get on Twitter and be like, screw TCU, they just pass by no interaction, but then a, a good, you know, a good amount of them would stop you and talk to you and say, uh, Oh, well, uh, hope your bats are cold today, you know, kind of joking. And they were very <laughs> jovial and very, very into Arkansas baseball and uh, nice as can be very inviting. I got nothing but good things to say. Yeah, they were awesome. I met uh, Scott Brocale, who was a catcher at Arkansas in the nineties, brother of Doug Brocale, former Rangers pitching coach uh, pitched in the majors and we were uh, going back and forth because Doug's daughter, Maddie, went to TCU and they would give uh, Scott uh, a hard time. They were just great. They were great people. Very hospitable. I have nothing but great things to say about the Arkansas faithful. So a one thing that than... came. Go ahead. Go ahead, Martin. Sorry. A lot better than the Aggie fans last year. Oh, dude, a million times better. Those Aggie fans were trash. They weren't trash. You deserved it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, heck, I probably deserved more uh, there in the Fayetteville region. I mean, we we stayed in our lane. You know, I thought we were pretty good. In fact, when the score got to be really bad, you know, there was some policing going on as far as like kind of our chance or what. Like we weren't saying anything bad or derogatory, but it was like. All right, it's you know seventeen to five or whatever. Let's let's bring bring it on down. Bring it down a little. Seriously? Yeah, dude. It was like we can't mock the little league team anymore. There, it was a couple (laughs) couple people kind of like get. There were a couple people in our section getting a little uncomfortable with like overdoing it on the cheering or whatever. And I'm like, "Ah, it's Arkansas. Screw it. It's Arkansas, man. They're they're big. They're big boys. They can take it. I might have missed this because I was gone for like 30 minutes, but I just got we just got a tweet on the questions from Roll uh, MF Toad, our buddy, and he just tweeted Pissgate. So on Friday night, <laughs> oh, it's the yeah. dumbest thing ever. Can we just spend like one minute? Can we just spend it's, like uh, one minute on this? No, no. The like... reason I want to bring it up is because so on Friday night, somebody, some rando uh, finds a video or tweets a video of was it Hunter Hodges? Yeah, uh, yeah it sure was. 
taking a leak in the bullpen, but he pitches on Saturday. Did anything happen with that? Or Sunday? I guess he was no. I mean, we were no, up we're so their ass. much by then. Okay. That's and all I wanted to know about. Okay, I want to address that real quick. Uh, if Arkansas had not, if their stadium like operators or whatever had not locked the bullpen bathroom door, then it doesn't happen. Well, what else are you gonna do when you're in the bullpen? Where else are you gonna go, dude? Here's here's what was so weird to me. It's like, do we really need to manufacture interest and drama in this? Can we just let the baseball talk? I mean, it's the freaking regionals. Why are we trying to create issues to get worked up? You know, I I, I don't know. I just thought it was silly. I ignored it and just, well, I didn't fully ignore it because I went <laughs> <laughs> on a Friday. Now look. Loved Baumwalker, loved the hog pen, had a great time with those fans out there, loved everything. The scene was awesome. But Arkansas played Santa Clara before our game on Friday. So the hog pen was out in full force early and often. And I walked in there, I used the first urinal I walked up to was covered in vomit. <laughs> and I just, you know, at the time I was like, well, this is pretty funny. You know, it's like, it's right there in the hog pen, like, man, just imagine the party they had, you know, whatever. So I, I just took a picture. But then when I saw that crap on Twitter and they were like, how dare you defile the holiness of our ballpark? I was like, oh, you mean this? <laughs> this, <laughs> this is your, this is your sainted ballpark that how dare they defile? <laughs> and then I didn't, I didn't even know that they had locked the player bathrooms. Yep, show as heck did. Moving on. Yeah. Anything else? Sorry from, to bore you guys with my story there. Anything else? From, no. I'm saying. Game two. Ray, uh, Ray was, yes, there you, is. You were the one who was like, can we spend one minute on this? I know. Well, and, yeah. and, and I was like, damn, five. I just wanted to ignore this so bad. But I was like, wait, that's not true. I didn't totally ignore it. Um, <laughs> No. Before we move on to this game, we got to talk about Sam, MF, and Stoutenboro. Yep. It wasn't that he just went six innings, right? in a blowout game, there was an hour and a half rain delay mixed into those six innings. Dude. Yeah. That kind of had me worried a little bit. I'm like, man, we could have gotten more innings out of Sam. Now he's probably burned. Yeah. Now he came back out for him to keep himself prepared, keep himself loose and then come out there and give him another inning was that's massive. That's insane. Really was really was, but dude, Mason speaker. That's really cool. Um, who else? Oh, Elijah Nunez, four hits. Elijah was huge. Just the Carson Bowen has the full Michael Young aesthetic going on at the plate. Dude, he really does. That's all I think about. I watched, so I watched all the uh, extended highlights back to back to back from all three games. And it was like, you know, I talked about Cole Fontenelle being involved, but Carson Bowen was up there just lining balls the opposite way all, all weekend long. Just lacing them. Lacing them. Now, Curtis Byrne being 0 for 5 in this game is kind of funny because it seemed like he was amazing all weekend. And I guess we didn't need him on Saturday because, you know, he was electric the other two games. Does Braden Taylor have the quietest uh, four for six, four RBIs in a home run game ever? Um, To me, his... First RBI hit was a really cool piece of hitting. He was out in front of an off-speed pitch, and he was able to just keep the barrel of the bat back long enough to just kind of serve one into right field. 
And then he hit a massive three-run home run. I don't remember his other two hits, but those first two weren't very quiet. Do you remember his other two hits? Uh, they uh, probably came later in the game. Yeah. He did all his, like TCU did all their damage there, basically cool. the first three innings. He had a did single give- before Trey's first grand slam. That's Oh, that's right. He did. Yeah, you're right. Um, what a weird statement to say. He had a single before the first of the Grand Slam. I know. And yeah, and I was just about to ask, did we give Trey Richardson enough love in this? I don't, I mean, I know we talked about him a lot, but how much is enough to talk about a guy who had 11 RBI and two Grand Slams? Tied the NCAA record for most RBIs in a game. I thought he broke uh, it. No, no, I, he tied Shay Langoliers, hmm. which were they teammates? No, 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 that was that was before. No, because that was 2019. It's not like it was that long ago. Hey, uh, quickly again, back to Sam. God, I love the Sam performance. Opens the game by giving off a solo home run to chip, mm-hmm. kind of, but then battled right back and just mowed through the rest of the lineup. Didn't let yeah. things get off, get off the rails, like give up a, like three runs. In that inning, so it, and it, make it, it it does help when you're up six to nothing to be like, okay, it's only a solo home run, but it's also the first batter of the game. So you're like, right. oh, here we go. Yeah. You know, it, it's going to be a grind. Game and on. then it turned out to be not a grind. All right. <laughs> no. All right. MK, can I disagree with you on that? Because looking at Arkansas before the series, I'm looking at their lineup like guy by guy, and I'm like, okay, they have a couple guys, but how the hell did this team win the conference? Dave Van Horn's greatest coaching job ever. What about, it has to be, what right? about, what about some of the what about some of their injuries? Because that was a big deal that they, they mentioned yeah, multiple okay. times on the broadcast about and I think a lot of that injured. is with their pitching. And okay. but I'm looking at their lineup and I'm like, who am I supposed to be scared of here? They had a couple guys that were pretty good. Uh that Kendall Diggs is pretty good. Sure. That, okay. That leadoff hitter is the leadoff hitter. But um, oh, this, Wegner, I mean, he was all where did world. he go, though? He had a better game against us in Arlington than he did yeah, for he sure. Was, he was great that whole tournament, too. Yeah, I mean, there's a few guys, right? But I'm like, I don't think they can score with us. You know, I, I was terrified of Hagen Smith, but I'm like, you know, before the um, before the weekend, before the rainouts and all that, I'm like, okay, let's lose to Hagen Smith. I'm banking on us coming back through the losers bracket and you know, putting up enough offense against the rest of their pitching that they're not going to be able to keep up with us. So to your point, MK, like, or Ray, I don't remember, give it Sam giving up that first home run. I'm like, okay, that's cool. They're not going to be able to keep up with us. So once we got to Hagen, once we got to Hagen in that first inning, I'm like, that's the end of the regional. Yeah. I, the regional I would, so I would agree with that because when they pulled him and like, okay, this is a much better for the frogs. I just, I'm thinking of, you know, even six runs t- to me against Arkansas, not enough. It but turned right, out be, and my question it turned, is it why? Be enough. But, but um, why? Because they won the SEC. You know, that's, but that's my point. How did they do that? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I get it. Like Arkansas, scary and stuff. But just looking at their lineup, I'm like, where are the runs going to come from? Once again, thirty Dave. and four at home. You know, I, I'm just like Ray said at the begin, you know, beginning, like I was nervous before the game. I'm thinking, yes, I, I really, really would love to win this game, but my expectations are about 50, 50. I don't know what's going to happen. Are they going to stay hot? Are they not? And 
Yeah. yeah, but Hagen Smith ultimately gets to decide how hot they are or not. And him yeah. not having a good day was the end of the regional. I was I think- scared, MK, because I thought that we would be limited to like three runs and we'd lose like five to three. Now, I ultimately landed like right before the game. I told Martin, all right, six to three frogs. We're going to limit them and we're going to scratch a few runs, scratch a, a few, uh, scratch enough runs across that we're going to grind out a win. And that's that's where I ultimately landed, but I was terrified of Hagen Smith, not of their lineup. Martin, before the game, you uh, your prediction on our text thread was six to four frogs. Were you surprised at all with the offensive output? Uh, right before the game, it went up to eight to four. <laughs> and... <So> he switched. <laughs> yeah, we had to get the vibe of Bomb Walker. Yeah. <laughs> and Luke and Baker getting called up that morning. Changed the vibe for me a little too. Oh yeah, I told you <laughs> it was a sign. That's right. Exactly. You did say it's a yeah, sign. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Definitely was surprised that Trey Richardson hit three home runs, <laughs> and two grand slams. That was definitely a surprise. But I mean, even if you take them out, we win what nine to five. That- was I surprised that we beat Arkansas? Not too much. Not too much. I think they were just not built for a regional. I think they were better built. You know, I think that's why they won uh, the SEC because they were more built for a weekend series, played three times. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're definitely not built to come out of the losers bracket. So that's no. that's why Jacob's saying the regional was over as soon as we lit up Hagen Smith. I think that's what I yeah. When you said they're not built for a regional, they're built for a regional if they only play three games. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, but but that's the thing is you can't be built for a regional if everything goes your way. Yeah. Yeah. Were y'all surprised? So I, I I sent this on the text to y'all, but are you guys surprised that they they literally had like two pitchers? They had Tiger who went. What he they he pitched them um, the night before in the losers bracket against. Santa Clara. Uh, Santa Clara. And so he wasn't available. Um, he had a great game. But Hagen Smith, uh, Zach they Morris. They threw McIntyre's arm off. Dude, Ledbetter, too. They yeah, ran Ledbetter well. into the ground. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it was a good sign for them uh, on Friday that Hunter Holland went, like, what, two innings? Yeah. Against Santa Clara. So yeah. let's jump into the third game because I feel like we're – kind of getting there already um frogs the home team in this one was that is that a normal thing where they just kind of switch off yes based on okay um cam's on the mound uh that first inning ooh, buddy uh (laughs) that was that was if you can if you can put uh, the first inning of of tcu's cam you know, TCU can't like in, in a like in his career highlight video. That was it. You know, yeah. You, you blow the bases, no hits, give up one run, and you're safe. You're like, all right, let's go. <laughs> like, let's go. That's that's especially true given how dominant that third out strikeout was. Yeah, because oh. you got to mix in his dominance into his you know his one inning career highlight video. It was amazing because he it has was a those roller flashes. coaster. It was a roller coaster ride. Yeah. But again, you know, they just, I'm like, this team can't freaking hit. And they ended up interviewing Dave Van Horn. And he was like, yeah, I mean, 
we did a great job getting the bases loaded and then we didn't do anything. <laughs> uh, he's fed up with that offense. I don't even remember who started, but Hagen Smith comes back into the game in the second inning. Um, after oh, kind of a Adcock, after, right? Adcock. Yeah, that's right. Didn't yeah. go long. Hagen Smith no. comes in and looks like Hagen Smith. You know, he gives up a two run single to Austin Davis immediately, but that wasn't his fault necessarily. It wasn't, you know, he, he didn't have those runners on. Um, and he goes for a while. Uh, hold they, on to that real quick. Whenever they brought in Hagen Smith to face Austin Davis, mm-hmm. I know Martin in the crowd was kind of like, what are they doing? Because Austin Davis crushes lefties. Go for it, Martin. Supposedly, uh, when they took Adcock out of the game and they brought in Hagen Smith, uh, Austin Davis was on the on deck circle and held, yelled, hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what oh I'm hearing. God, I love that guy so much. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it was a bad matchup, which all weekend I had been hearing about how Arkansas is so great with the pitching matchups and that that they they do this, they do that, that they pull their starters so early because they know that this pitcher has a great matchup against certain lineups. But to bring in a lefty to face Austin Davis, he's hitting like 420 off of lefties for the year. That was that was pretty confusing. And then he races a single up the middle. I mean, Mm -hmm. he was on that ball. Um, and he fouled off a bunch of tough pitches too to get that one to hit because Hagen Smith was on it, man. He was, and uh, Hagen Smith did have success against pretty much everybody else in the lineup while he was in the game, except for Austin Davis. I think Austin Davis faced him twice and he hit him hard both times. Yep, dude, I love Austin Davis so much. Cam, Cam settles down, uh, in the second, and then in the third, I think we were. Uh, you know, wondering, hey, is this the right time to maybe switch him out? Uh, we, we yeah, because the bullpen was stacked. Exactly. So thoughts on bringing him back out in the third? He actually went into the fourth um, and fifth. And you know, let's talk about that for a second. I have okay, no so problem which... going through the third and the fourth because I felt like he was kind of it wasn't it wasn't shaky. They were pretty quick innings. I loved that he had a chance to settle down because I wasn't scared of the Arkansas lineup. If he could just throw strikes, I thought he would have success. And he did look really comfortable there in those middle innings. Well, for his, you know, the middle of his start. Um, After he let the first guy on in the fifth inning, that's when I thought we should have pulled him. He, He, I mean, it's pretty easy to say now he was left in too long, which I think, TCU for the whole weekend had a perfect regional coaching offense, defense, you name it pitching. I thought the one thing to, you know, kind of complain about was leaving cam in to face the two guys that, you know, hit the home runs off of him. I would have pulled him way earlier, but it turned remember, out not to matter. You do know? y'all remember when Schloss was pitching? I always felt like, um coaching a pitch a pitch coach god okay i don't remember sauce pitching no yeah i, was, I wasn't born i don't remember the 50s yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, coaching he would um he would always leave a pitcher in uh n- not too late not uh not not this is not a negative thing it's he would give them one more pitcher one more batter 
before we expected them him to pull him out. So, for example, um, he gets a base hit. Okay, I'm going to let him get one more out, and as soon as he gets that out, he's out of there. Yeah, right. It was the it was it was the opposite of what you would expect. Of like, hey, he's struggling. I'm going to pull him. It's like, no, I'm going to let him settle, and then I will pull him out. Sure. And I felt like that was the decision with Cam, right? Okay, give up a home run. Okay, let's just okay. There's nobody on base. Let's let Cam get through one more batter. We'll pull him, and the next batter hits a home run. You know, I also wonder, like, I don't think I, I have a hard time believing Kirk wanted to leave Cam in after the two run home run. I don't think a belt was ready. I don't yeah. think he was warm yet, yeah. which yeah. we've talked to. This has happened in other games in this season too. Yeah. But okay. So when Arkansas took the lead, how did you guys feel just in that moment? Hold on to your butts. I did not feel great because I was convinced they were going to throw Hagen Smith 400 pitches in that game. Whatever it took, like Hagen Smith was not leaving that mound. Dude, they pulled him in like the sixth inning. And I'm like, yeah. holy crap, this game is O V E R over. Was that like, weird to y'all that it was what did so you have weird. like Unless, 70 to 80 well, pitches? And okay, I think for the long term success of Hagen Smith, it's the right call to beat TCU. It's the it's it's not like Jamie game was over. Jamie was, was Jamie was posting total pitches. Uh, for the two days, and right. he was up to like 120. I want to say, but Dave Van Horn like has a pitched. history, dude. Dave Van Horn has a history of riding guys till the till like their arms fall off. Like, was it two yeah, years he, ago? He threw 67 pitches. Yeah, but they threw. Um, I'm trying to remember who the guy was two years ago against NC State. He was their closer, and he pitched uh, nine Klops. innings against. Cops, they pitched cops, cops, cops. Yeah. They pitched him nine innings against NC State through like 140 pitches or something <laughs> like that. And I was convinced that's what they were going to do with Hagen Smith. And I was like, man, they're they're going to ride this four two lead all the way. And you know and that was kind of the theme theme of the weekend. You saw cross cross baseball, right? Tanner Smith goes out there, throws what a hundred Tanner Hall, yeah. Throw for Southern Miss throws like 130 pitches in a complete game on Friday, and then comes back out and starts the game on Monday. It wasn't a complete game. Oh uh, well, okay, through nine innings because they couldn't score. They lost uh, in ten. <laughs> yeah. So why do you think they pulled? Why do you think he pulled him? I mean, maybe he was running out of gas. Maybe yeah. I don't know, but it's it doesn't seem like it was normally what Dave Van Horn would do. But he was saving them for game three or game seven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. But like, who the hell do you trust in that bullpen to hold TCU down for 12 outs? That wasn't ever going to happen. I think I asked you guys that, like, do do they not trust anybody else in this entire no. you know bullpen? It's like, obviously not. They don't. No. I mean, well, they ran Zach Morris back out there. That's a, that. it's the same pictures <laughs> as the day before. I mean. I mean, Zach Morris was a highly rated recruit out of um, Bayside High School. You know, even though he kind of goofed off with his <laughs> academics. <laughs> Big recommendation letter from Professor Belding. Um, <laughs> so, so Ben Abelt comes in. <laughs> PCU owns that guy. That's like the third game this year. I mean, like every game that we've played Arkansas, Zach Morris has to get shellacked by our offense. Poor guy. <laughs> Uh, we had, we had home runs later in the game. We're, we're obviously jumping through this, but Austin Davis, huge 
home run. Curtis yep. Byrne, uh, you know, cherry on top of the of the evening, and frogs take care of business. Ben Abelt comes in and settles things down in the fifth through the seventh innings. He or actually later on than that because my notes are late, but they're old. Um, uh, he allowed they're way old. <laughs> they're, he allowed nothing. Ben, he was he was perfect. Ben, so, our perfect little son. So, um, keep talking about him for a minute because I want to pull up. Der- our friend Derek Henry put some stats together for Ben Abelt. Why? Okay, Martin. Why do you think Ben has? So in the early on in the season, he uh, he was good, but he was there were there were times when he was a little wild or unpredictable. But I feel like the last three or four outings, he's settled down to basically being a perfect relief pitcher. Uh, probably was just figuring out how life is in college baseball. Um, you know, we've had Perk on in the past and he talks about how, you know, freshmen have to get used to pitching more than once a week. Yeah. I mean, it's just the life of a freshman pitcher. You're going to have those ups and downs and those valleys. But as Kirk has said, these last couple of weeks, Ben Abelt is no longer a freshman. Yeah. We talked about that last week too. Um, MK, would you like to now hear how perfect Ben Abelt has been? Yes, I have one question, very simple question, yes or no, for everybody on the pod. Ben Abelt is pitching fastballs. Do you think you can hit Ben Abelt? No, there's no way. No. Don't even, no. Don't <laughs> Absolutely don't even, not. No, no, no. Well, <laughs> shut up, Ray. No, I'm hurting myself. I'm probably swinging bot, so hard, Passy. No, no, because I'd. Ray, right, you wouldn't on. even swing. <laughs> Move on. Like it would be by you before you even knew what was happening. A Tasmanian devil myself. <laughs> no, you know what? You know what Ben Abel would do? He would be like, "How much off this fastball can I take off and still get swings?" He'd be, he'd be like, "Damn, I'm throwing like changeups and blowing it by them now." <laughs> Worse than a batting practice <laughs> fastball, he could. Okay, since May fifth, MK, and this is from our King Henry Stans, the guy that asked the question earlier, Derrico. 16 innings pitched, 0.00 repeating ERA, zero earned runs, five walks, eight eight hits, 0.81 whip, 21 strikeouts. Ooh-wee. It doesn't get any more perfect than that. That'll play. Dog. And I'm sure some, on the five walks. Say was- that's pretty electric. I'm going to just guess on the five walks, he was totally squeezed. <laughs> oh, for sure. No doubt about it, dude. He's tight BS strike zones. So UTFO. what a weapon. What a weapon, you know, like going into the Super Regional and potentially Omaha, when you can bring a guy like that out there. Dude, you have two of them in Luke Savage and Pene Belt. And just, you know, talking about the regional as a whole, we never even – did Garrett Wright ever pitch? Nope. No. Did Cohen Feaster ever pitch? Yep. Uh, one inning so, on, the, on Friday, I think. There's one, a one. there's a guy, there's a good follow um, from Arkansas, Matt Grisham. He was questioning, you know, he was like, man, TC was really good. I just wonder as the competition gets better, if they have the pitching depth to compete. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, we were throwing out Mason Speaker. Like, we didn't have to use our pitching depth. What you even mean? Put some respect on Mason Speaker's oh, name. On. Look, we all like Mason Speaker. He never pitches. You don't. And and when he does, it's in mop-up duty. 
So talk about guys that we didn't see. Um, barely saw Cohen Fieser, like you said, for one inning. Uh, Chase Hoover, did he pitch all weekend? Nope. Mm. Uh, Braden Sloan? Nope. Did he mm. pitch? Hunter Hodges Hunter Hod- threw one inning. Hunter Hodges came in Hunter for uh, to, to piss on the mound for a second. <laughs> um, who who else like didn't pitch? No, the no bullpen Garrett, right? was fresh. River oh. Ridings, even though we haven't seen much of him at all, but, but still, I mean, he's, he's still there. He's still on the team. Like, could you ima- could you see a scenario like in Omaha where like you're playing the third game or? I don't know, like say you're coming out of the loser's bracket or something. The other team doesn't have any pitching. Would you absolutely hate River Ridings having to come out and give you an inning? I wouldn't. No. no. And the great thing with River is you can use him as a situational matchup, right? If they got like a lefty or two coming up in the order, that's perfect River time. Um, But they haven't needed him. And, you know, I do you guys. uh, Did I show you all the tweet that I put together today? It sounds pretty awesome. It, just the way you're describing it. Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm. I'm really love thinking of things off the top of my head that I'm not prepared <laughs> to present. So I'm just going to ramble for a second until I find this um, tweet. I got a uh, question hold on, for you. Hold on. Hold on. Hold go on. Go ahead, man. Martin. Hold on. Yeah, Martin, you go ahead. <laughs> all right. You. Would you rather have all the guys that didn't pitch for TCU or the guys that did pitch for Arkansas? <laughs> mm, that's a tough one. Man, I do get Hagen Smith. Who do you, who do you think would have performed better against this TCU offense? Oh man, the guys that didn't oh, pitch. Yeah, All no right, guys. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. All right. Hey, yeah. You guys remember Lou? Or we actually beat Texas on May first, right? Yeah. Yes. So since that game, we've played eighteen games. We've given up more than five runs a total of one time. And we've scored 10 or more runs nine times. Hashtag fire emoji. Let's talk about the offense for a second. Um, Can I start us off? I thought it was cool. No, I've, I got, mean, <laughs> I've got a Twitter question, but Ray, go for it. Um, leading into this frog ball offense, you know, it's kind of unlike anything we've ever seen out of a TCU game or a TCU team, especially, you know, you take the big 12 and the regionals into it. And I started to think about the, this this weekend. They have the Mamba mentality. I mean, they will, they just go for your throat. It's, it's like watching Kobe Bryant in his prime. I mean, I tweeted before the start of uh, game three, Kobe Bryant's perfect answer. In a press conference in 2009, when a reporter asked him, you've won two games, how come you're not smiling? And he's and Kobe's like, well, what's there to be happy about? And the reporter tells him, well, you're 2-0. and He's like, job's not finished. Man, and I think it like, perfectly encapsulates this TCU team. Kind of sounds like TJ Bruce to me. Mm-hmm. Chandler one Morris, appreciate it. At Frogs by 90 says, is this the most locked in a TCU offense has ever been heading into a super? I think that's a difficult yes. question, you know, based on like if we looked at actual statistics, but I'm going to punt it over to Martin to talk about the TCU offense based on uh, what Ray just said. I'm going to say yes and uh, ask somebody to prove me wrong. Yeah. 
The only the only contender I would see is seventeen. No, I mean, look, Seven Scalg went on his run. Yeah. yeah, but we're talking about the lineup as a whole. That that offense was carried by Scalg. No, this offense is not being carried by anybody. I um, mean, Martin, you you posted a tweet today, and there's no reason to look at all the numbers of you know the batting averages of every player. But um, can you summarize that because that was pretty impressive? Yeah, everybody's just destroying the ball right now. Um, I mean, it's pretty ridiculous. Braden Taylor slugging eight fifty three. Insane. Um, Good God. Like you said, uh, Cole Fontenelle is, you know, he's involved. He's not like on his run like he was earlier in the season uh, where he was like mashing doubles and home runs, but he's still playing very good baseball. He's batting 371 on base 500 and slugging 514. He has 17 walks since uh, May 1st on second, only two. I think Braden has 19 walks in that same span. Um, Curtis has 25 RBI in 17 games. God, uh, Braden has 32 RBI in 19 games. And that's, and that's, you know, that to me, what you just said, that's like Eli getting on base. Yeah. Eli has scored 24 runs in 18 games. There you go. Um, Trey Cole and Austin Davis have seven steals. Elijah has eight. In what is that? The it's less than twenty games. That's what like a third of the season, right? And these guys are just on fire. It's like um, a whole team of twenty seventeen scouts. Yeah, um, I think the four four of the biggest jumps in batting average since May first. Can I guess today? Yeah, uh, Curtis Byrne, Trey Richardson. No. Okay, well, I'm out. Elijah Nunez. Yeah. Damn, that's going to be my next guess. All right, we got two. Garrett, MK. Wait, Ray's still going. Ray's still. He got his right. Um, You said there's one more? Two more. Two more. Two more. Repeat the question, Martin. The four guys who've seen the biggest jump in their batting average from May 1st to today. Shit, I got one. Brayden Taylor. And the two, the two yeah. have already been said were... Curtis Byrne um, and Elijah. Elijah, yeah. Braden Taylor. Braden. I'd say Trey. Not Trey. Say yeah, Trey. Austin Davis. Mm. Uh, Trey Richardson. Oh, this one's you'll y'all will never get this one. Oh, uh, Trey, is it Trey? It's Brody Green because he no, it's... <laughs> no. Garrett, who's your guess? <laughs> I I guess Trey. I'm 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 tapped out. All right, I'll guess uh, Trey Richardson. Is it Anthony Silva? No, his has gone down. Oh, Carson Bowen. Yes. Bang. All right, that's oh, awesome, I, Martin. When I looked at your when I looked at that list, what kind of blew me away was how many guys are have ops over a thousand. Correct. Yeah. In like normal, like a good TCU offense, I'll have like two or three yeah. guys with ops over a thousand. Yeah, so May first, Curtis Byrne had a two twenty nine batting average. He now has a two ninety one batting average. Damn. That's an increase of sixty two points. Um, second was Braden Taylor. He went from two seventy three to three twenty one. Carson was the craziest to me because he was batting three eighteen, and now he's batting good three sixty three. Jesus, yeah. 
And then Elijah Nunez went from yeah. 273 yeah. to 300. Yeah. And, you know, if, if you want to just simply explain that, it's to me, they're not trying to pull everything. Mm-hmm. That's probably way too simple of an answer, but it's definitely included in the overall answer. No, a ton of their uh, hits are to the opposite field. I mean, yeah. Trey, Trey, let's throw that out where he had three home runs that way. But well, got then he, well they, and- they tried to throw him inside on Monday and he just turned on it and cranked it over the 400 foot sign. <laughs> like, so, like, how do you pitch to these guys right now? You had a I had a conversation with David over the weekend. And we were talking about how uh, Carson was moved up to that number two hole. David is Carson's father, by the way, for those listening. Yeah. And so I was telling him, like, I think that's the perfect spot for Carson on this lineup because so you have Elijah Nunez as your leadoff guy, right? And when he's on, you know, it's not just the batting average. He gets the walks. He gets hit by pitch. He's and he's a threat on the bases. So. When he's on base, and he's so good at leading off an inning, it's yes. not just that he's batting leadoff. Because, okay, you bat leadoff, that's only one at bat, right? Potentially. Yeah, so all the times that he actually leads off an inning, he's so elite. So a lot of the times you're going to have uh, Elijah on first base. So while Carson is batting, the first baseman is holding Elijah at first. Mm-hmm. And then you got the second baseman shaded up towards the middle plane, uh, playing up the middle, you know, for to turn two. So that creates just a huge hole on that right side of the infield for Carson to just stroke his uh his bat that way. He loves going the opposite. He loves going the opposite way. And Martin, yeah, that's I never thought about it that way. Um where I actually thought you were going to go was something we brought up before is the hit and run game, which is like almost automatic with Eli and Carson. We saw it. I think it was against Arizona. They did a hit and run and Carson spanked one to the wall going the other way. So I, I, I would love to see how many times the hit and run has failed with those two. Cause it doesn't seem like it happens very often. It's almost like you can't even tell the hit and run run is on because that's just how they play the game. You'll find it interesting, uh, not in a bad way, but uh, you know TJ's in you know in the, in the dugout giving these signs, and it's very apparent on TV. You know he's like standing right there, and oh yeah, he's not hiding anything. You know it's it's actually kind of funny how apparent it is to like, hey, if you're gonna steal signs, I'm right here. I'm just gonna give you. Some I would shit. love to see him just be like, "Hey boys, hit and run, let's go." <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And just see if, like <laughs> see if they can stop it. See if they can stop it. Do y'all remember? Um, I don't know if Ray, I don't know if you're trying to be muted, but you're muted. Um, do y'all remember when it was after Shriners and Cam Brown was amazing and Ryan Vanderhei was amazing? And you know, the offense was pretty good. You know, I know they were complaining about it a little bit about execution, whatever. But we were talking about good lord, man. If you get Cam Brown and Ryan Vanderhei just owning those first two games of the series, what's stopping this team from going to Omaha? And now Cam has been moved to kind of like, I guess you would say like a midweek starter or a reliever. Sunday. Sure, Sunday, whatever. Yeah, Sunday. Ryan Vanderhei is nowhere to be found. And now we're back to saying what's stopping this team from going to Omaha, and we don't even have those two guys like <laughs> in their same roles anymore. Dude, it just speaks to the character of this team, the buy-in. 
I mean, we've talked about it plenty over the past month, but, you know, they hit rock bottom after West Virginia, after Morgantown. And just the way they responded, you know, a lot of people have talked about the players only meeting that they had. Yeah. And, you know, Mm -hmm. the guys in the locker room never gave up. I mean, they could have, you know, easily just mailed it in, right? And said, oh, we're we're done, especially after you go out the next weekend and you lose two or three to Texas, even though you were competitive in that. And they're like, well, we... We were competitive and we still lost. Yeah. And now right. they're on their dirk run. Yeah. Um so to I your, your point, Jacob, uh about the about Cam and Vanderhei, you know, we've talked about during our off season episodes. It's is two seasons where we've had to completely redo the the weekend rotation. Yeah. And you know, TC just always has arms. It's just yeah. it, like the regular season is is just figuring out who it's going to be. For sure. Yeah, yeah no Arms doubt. for days. And, and thank thank God that, you know, Sam Stoutenborough has stepped up and Cole Klep- Klecker has developed and Ben Abel, Garrett Wright. I mean, dude, I would love to brag on Cohen Feaster, but it's like we never even need to use him. <laughs> I mean, and Hunter Hodges. Chase I mean, Hoover. To that, that's a <laughs> dude. That's an effing luxury. It, it well, and, and what's weird is it's like you look at a team like LSU. And here comes Paul Skeens. We don't have a guy like that, but what we do have is options. You I know, mean, like one of the criticisms it, of LSU is, man, if Skeens loses, I don't know how LSU's going to figure anything out after that. Well, we don't have to really worry about that because let's say, like, you know, this weekend. Klecker has a bad outing. You know, he gives up four runs in the first two innings. Okay. Klecker, not your day. We're going to take the ball. We're going to give it to Ben A. Belt. He's going to hold down these middle innings until we can claw back in the game. You know, we're not living and dying with a guy like Paul Skeens or Hunter or um, uh, Hagen Smith. Yeah. We is, is it weird to say that this team is built for the loser's bracket? That's what I was. That, yeah, dude. That's kind of why I thought. Like, all right, if we play, if we get beat by Hagen Smith, I'm not going to panic. Mm-hmm. We just have to outlast Arkansas's depth of their bullpen. So, yeah, like once we hit Hagen Smith, it's like, okay. Nice, nice try, Arkansas. Thanks for playing. Um, do you want to knock out the rest of these Twitter questions? We've it's got a lot. Late. Yeah. Yeah. It's getting late. Um, well, let's talk about Lupton on well, Friday. How about? Uh, WL at will two underscore B. How about tips for first time outfield GA ticket holders? We just wanted, we just wanted in the game. Go frogs. Um, I confess something to y'all. You've never been to the super regional in at Lupton. No, I've never sat in the outfield out. in Lupton. You've never paid for a ticket ever. (laughs) You little. So MK, I think you might be best to equip (laughs) to answer this, but I will say like, Game two against Missouri State 2017, I got there like two hours early. And um, the people that I was standing in line with were like veterans of Super Regionals sitting in the outfield. And they were like, just follow me. I'll show you to the best possible spot. So like I would say get there early if you're GA and you, you know, you want like where you sit is important to you. Get there plenty early. 
It depends especially on what you want. What, what do you want? Especially on Clint's day. What do you want out of your experience at Lupton? Because right. you can walk around and enjoy your time, honestly, for eight, you know, nine innings and just walk, right? Yes. Constantly. Yes. If you want to sit there and watch the game, there's probably a few good seats in um, in the GA section on those, you know, stair steps where it, you're not behind the foul pole. You're going to be able to see the game. It's not going to be great, but bring your binoculars for the balls and strikes and you're good. Yeah. What was the best spot to sit in? Well, I enjoyed my time in the outfield for that. Do you want, yeah. Stadium. Do you want to catch a home run? <laughs> yeah. Evan Scalag hit that ball like three feet right in front of me. And I stood there with my arms out like we're going to Omaha, baby. Or do you want to be a little bit closer <laughs> and you feel like you're closer to like, you know, first base side, you know, and you can sit over there. Well, and it also matters the traveling party, right? If you're by yourself, I mean, can you get into the concourse and just walk around there? Because mm-hmm. there's plenty of great spots to watch standing on the concourse. Absolutely. Yep. It's definitely going to be more secure. You know, people are going to be, you know, telling you to back up and stuff and right specific spots. But now if you if you got, you know, significant other and kids and that whole deal, get there early and camp out in the outfield. Exactly. Bring a blanket and mm-hmm. can't and, and fight and say, this is my spot and no one's going to sit on you. Yeah. Bring some fold out chairs. Those are handy. Uh, chairs are huge. Here we right go. There. Stars. AI mascot at Tentacle Rex. Let's go. I'm I'm waiting for this question. If you had the opportunity to eat meat from a Tyrannosaurus Rex, <laughs> oh my god, would you have it served like a steak? Would you have it roasted or breaded and fried like its relative, the chicken? That shit was so funny when that was Dude. like everybody's giving legit answers on what they would do. I think me and Jacob so. laughed for like 30 minutes in the hotel. I kept reading Ray all the twi- like from Parker and from Grant from those guys. But I want to hear Martin's legit answer. Like, how would he prepare a T-Rex? Uh, you smoke it till what, like 220? No. 168. Because it's <laughs> Because it's, it's gonna be some it, tough. How, how many hours is the T Rex right? gonna go? Are we Martin? talking hickory is, or mesquite? What, what is it we... chicken? Because it's <laughs> is it poultry? Like, do you have a risk of salmonella? No, no, no. Like everything, everything's all taken care of on that end. Okay, okay. I probably smoke it with some post oak and then uh, sear it with, and then serve it with some garlic butter. <laughs> that was amazing. Or or uh, T Rex wing. <laughs> Hold on, I want to pull up Parker's tweet because my T Rex wing is is <laughs> small, but compared to a chicken wing, is dude, huge. it's like the lamb of rack. It's like the rack uh, Fred Flintstone would get that would tip his car over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah some some deep fried T Rex wings with some uh, hot lemon pepper, some ranch. <laughs> That's good eating. Damn, I'm a simpleton. Give me my uh, T Rex Dino nuggies. <laughs> What's even the point? <laughs> Throw them yeah. in the air fryer. Easy that's money. A, that's a waste of good meat, Ray. Yeah, Ray. Ray just wants them to taste like chicken. <laughs> just eat chicken. Why eat chicken when you can have T-Rex? Well, eat it. Interesting. Uh, how about slow roasted? You throw it in the crock. Pull it apart. Like, uh, oh, go ahead. Maybe get no. some penne uh, noodles and serve it as like a, a whole a whole dish. Oh, like a like a 
like a prime rib. Yeah. Some mashed potatoes. Ooh, now we're. I don't have, I don't have anything in the kitchen that can fit a T Rex. I'm thinking like a big spit. You know, you <laughs> roast it over the fire. Get out there! You're cranking your big old T Rex leg by hand out the backyard. <laughs> All right, next question. I'll, I'll next question. Uh, Kel at Kalane uh, or Kalan. Uh, do we know the context of the rock paper scissors between the outfield at the end of the game? Nope. Do not. Sorry, I, I wondered that myself. I mean, I don't know. I don't probably, even guess. Probably for funsies, right? Maybe they do. Uh, they, they dude, the they might the keep game. like season long standings. Who it, knows? It would not surprise like, me. Adam at TCU Lotus Leaves asks, what's your road trip music when traveling back and forth from places like Fayetteville, Arkansas? And Martin had a banger of a playlist going. Uh, Mike Rooney on Squeeze Play was my playlist. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to that the whole drive, dude. I had Squeeze Play going the entire drive. What was Martin's though? He had a good mix of country. Yeah. Oh, Martin does have good. Martin has awesome Tejano. road trip music. And we we mixed in a little corn as we got into DFW. Gotta. I like um, I like that Dwight Yoakam. I was literally just about to say he always plays Dwight Yoakam on road trips. Yeah. A thousand miles from nowhere. That's exactly <laughs> where I am. Response to that tweet, Jacob. Ken Pitch Clock says, how much Slipknot gets played when Jacob is driving? Do one song too many. That's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah, if if I am going music, Slipknot's probably my first go-to for sure. Ray, how are you doing after those uh, mojitos, says Tiffany Jones. Oh, my God, dude. I felt... <laughs> I thought I was honestly going to die. Can we talk uh, about Saturday which night, night this was? Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait, wait. Just to be context. clear, mojitos was the restaurant. MK. Yeah. Oh, that's well, the name of the restaurant. restaurant. Yeah, this was our uh, this was our postponed gamed meal on Saturday. We we got a rec- recommendation from Tiffany's who spent a lot of her childhood in Fayetteville. She said, "Go to Mojitos." So we went Did to they Mojitos. Have mojitos? I don't I think I so, think... but they also had fishbowl margaritas. Yeah, dude. And so we show up at 9:30. Oh, the see, place closes at Yeah, 1030. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Hold on, Ray. Start over. <laughs> yeah, so we show up here at 930 because, I mean, you know, me and Jacob, we're just a bunch of seam heads. We were locked into freaking Tennessee Clemson. We were. So it was a marathon. Uh, so we decided to go get dinner at 930 at night. Oh, this place closes at 1030. Cool. Walk in. They're already closing up at, <laughs> an hour before. <laughs> They're literally so- putting chairs on tables. We're like, what time do y'all close? Uh, 1030. But like, you know, you can still get food and stuff i'm like well yeah we can you don't close for an hour of course we're getting food and so there's these two girls sitting at the bar next to us and they had uh these margaritas with uh with a beer in it burritas like that look good let's get two of those frozen get a little corona in there you're thinking man these suckers they bring out good god almighty I I it didn't even look like they were that big looking over at the two margs that uh enticed us to purchases. Well, because they were at the end. They were at yeah. the end of their road. We got this full is, boys. Yeah, this is 48 ounces of margarita and then 12 ounces of beer. And give Which, me okay, doable, but we're scarfing down the chips and salsa like there's dude. no tomorrow. And then I mean the food was actually amazing. Yeah, I got the best enchiladas I've ever had. 
Yeah, so, we couldn't. We couldn't finish them. Yeah, we dude, we tried to pop our stomachs trying to finish those margaritas. I felt like de- you could, probably could have rolled me out. Rolled it was nine by nine by nine all over again. Did you? Wait, which ones you feel better, Ray? Nine by nine or or uh, nine by nine? No, a hundred percent nine by nine. You felt yeah. better. Yes, <laughs> I felt like death. It was like doing the nine by nine by nine in 45 minutes. Oh my goodness. Dude, it was, <laughs> I've we never were been stupid, man. It was so miserable. So we were walking out and we were walking out and I'm like, Ray, uh, Tiffany wants to know what you thought of um, mojitos. And he goes, yeah, I'm, I'm about to light her ass up right now. And I'm like, oh <laughs> he goes, he goes, Hey, recce girl, can you recommend a hospital after eating? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just a precursor of, and then you roll into Sunday, and man, you're hitting the booze pretty hard on Sunday. No, well, no, we, I mean, we got McDonald's first thing in the, well, not first thing in the morning. No, because I barely woke up the next morning. I didn't yeah, wake up to the so Ray, Ray's like, Ray's in the hotel, and he's got like a cool cloth on his forehead, and Oh yeah, and guaranteed, I threw up a hundred percent. Not not just once, but three times. He goes, he goes. Can you ask Tiffany if it's bad if you throw up blood? Well, turns out, okay, turns out it was salsa. It was just salsa. We're all good. We're yeah, alive. Felt like blood. I feel like we're <laughs> digging a little too deep, fellas. <laughs> so you wanted well, it is like you hour wanted three the, of the podcast. So I didn't want exclusive. anything. This was a Twitter question. <laughs> I'm giving you the All right. uncensored. We're, we're going to sign off board. soon, but what else you got? Uh, Jacob, final thoughts. Uh, no final uh, thoughts. Let's talk about this weekend in Arkansas. I especially want to talk about our Saturday in Arkansas. Why? Our, we are free did. day because oh, yeah, it was right. awesome. We had an amazing day. Jacob. You're right. We did. did we, we did not. skip over that. We, me and Jacob, we didn't go out Friday night because we knew we had an early tea time uh, Saturday morning. Went to the links of Fayetteville uh, to play nine. I, nine is a perfect amount. Yeah, that's the in. new vacation routine for me. Nine holes. Dude, beautiful course. Just, it was absolutely rolling hills. There's some water that you might find. Um, just awesome course. We roll out of golf right to brunch. Uh, what was that biscuit place called? Buttered Biscuit. Buttered biscuit, fantastic biscuit. If you ever find yourself in Fayetteville, MK, go to Buttered Biscuit. Get bottle service too. I'll do that. <laughs> well, that's a defeated. All right. You're losing re- MK's interest. Yeah, I know. Up. Okay, then we go straight from brunch. Go home, put on the swimmies, and we're off to was it Winthrow National Win- or Winthrow National Park? Yeah, or State Park. State uh, Park. Sorry. We find ourselves a nice little creek out there in the country, War Eagle Creek, which is, uh, I thought it was funny because we're not in Alabama. But uh, go out Yo, there. We're and busy take, boys. Take yeah, a little we, dip. We fit a whole ass like weekend into this is, like this nine is a hours. lot. Yeah, Dude, it was. A, took a dip in the creek. Uh, yeah. Water felt amazing. It was clear. There was people out there fly fishing, which looked Yeah, really you could cool. see the fish swimming at your feet. We were trying to catch them with our bare hands like a bear. Yeah, we're not a bear. Bears. 
Yeah, bad, bad bears. bears. Bad <laughs> bears. <laughs> that was great. And then you just go back to the hotel and sit around and wonder why is this game rain blade? Because it is not raining here at our hotel. Yeah. But yeah, dude, Fayetteville's great. Northwest Arkansas is awesome. I mean, it's beautiful country once you get out of the city. I don't know. I, I got it was one of the best weekends, like getting to experience Bomb Walker at its peak. You know, even though we got robbed of Saturday night, Sunday afternoon was, you know, you can't imagine it much rowdier, at least for the first inning. And, you know, it was pretty electric on Sunday, too. I mean, kudos to the Arkansas fan, because it was uh, that was a back. That wasn't actually a back and forth game. TCU didn't take their soul in the first inning. Right. They did uh, on Sunday. And we're kind of thinking, dang, are we going to have to be here for two games? Now we're not going to have to leave until like 11 attendance um on no you meant monday right right yeah monday yes attendance on sunday was eleven thousand one hundred twenty one, which is just a crazy amount oh you're right and then okay because it didn't look as filled on tv on monday but it was ten thousand four seventy five. pretty dang good for a monday afternoon no doubt okay I, i i think that does it mk you can close this out MK is frozen. Oh crap! Okay, is he frozen or did he fall asleep? No, it, although we're pushing, it's funny. We're, we are pushing get, eleven p.m. I gotta get a All picture right. of this. All right, boys. Uh, so super. Re- oh, I did want to say one more thing. Um, Hell's Half Acre, um, Barstool TCU, and us, the Lupton Drinking Club, are trying to put together a tailgate for Saturday, and there's going to be uh, a donation option available for special olympics um indiana um we're trying to lock that on more details to come so stay tuned to your twitters and your instagrams and yeah hope to see you guys out there this weekend we play indiana state starting four o'clock on friday and hopefully we get a frog pile for toe to omaha this weekend can't wait uh boys good job tonight this episode super long thank you guys for hanging with us and we We'll be back maybe with a preview episode tomorrow. But for now, good night and go frogs. Go frogs.